for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hello everyone, welcome to Living Life. We as Christians, I believe in the good work that God has done for us, and that is the salvific work of Christ Jesus on the cross. And because of that, we live free from the bondage of sin, and we live with hope that the Babylon in the end, just as we see in Revelation, would fall, and they will be punished, and they will be put into eternal fire, uh, for punishment. And we know that God has already won the battle on the cross, and then we just wait for that to happen in reality uh, in our life, awaiting the future when Christ Jesus comes back. So that is that sounds like a message that we would only see in Revelation, but that message can be sound, uh, seen in today's passage because Jeremiah is speaking about the fall of Babylon even though it seems like they are the one whom, whom God would use as instruments to punish uh, Jerusalem and the, and the Jewish people. But Jeremiah speaks of the future where Babylon would also fall because of their sinfulness. And when that moment, God's people will be freed from that captivity and they would seek for God's help and assistance in order to come back uh, to their promised land. I believe that even though Jeremiah was speaking for their immediate history, but this also points forward in the very message we always see in, in, in the New Testament, especially Revelations. So in that aspect, I would like to meditate together with you today's passage as we speak about God's work of salvation and the punishment that God has done uh, for the Babylonians uh, in symbolic sense and what God awaits for us to happen in our life as He frees us from the bondage of sin. So let's take a look. Jeremiah chapter 50, verses 1 through 10. This is the word the Lord spoke through Jeremiah the prophet concerning Babylon and the land of the Babylonians. Announce and proclaim among the nations. Lift up a banner and proclaim it. Keep nothing back but say, Babylon will be captured. Bel will be put to shame. Marduk filled with terror. Her images will be put to shame and her idols filled with terror. A nation from the north will attack her and lay waste her land. No one will live in it. Both people and animals will flee away. In those days at that time, declares the Lord, the people of Israel and the people of Judah together will go in tears to seek the Lord their God. They will ask the way to Zion and turn their faces toward it. They will come and bind themselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant that will not be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray and caused them to roam on the mountains. They wandered over mountain and hill and forgot their own resting place. Whoever found them devoured them. Their enemies said, We are not guilty. 
for they sinned against the Lord, their verdant pasture, the Lord, the hope of their ancestors. Flee out of Babylon, leave the land of the Babylonians, and be like the goats that lead the flock. For I will stir up and bring against Babylon an alliance of great nations from the land of the north. They will take up their positions against her, and from the north she will be captured. Their arrows will be like skilled warriors who do not return empty-handed. So Babylonia will be plundered. All who plunder her will have their fill, declares the Lord. So in the first part of our passage, we can see that God, uh, the great power uh, that once held God's people, God is uh, rendering them powerless. Uh, he is intervening and punishing them by stripping away of their great power. And what this means for us is that uh, we can see that God is intervening in order uh, to put to shame the ones who thought they were being used by God uh, even with their wickedness. That God does not leave uh, the sinfulness uh, alone. He always punished the sin, and He always has responsibility of our wickedness. Now, God does not leave the Babylonians alone uh, for their sinfulness, and we can see that happen in verse 1, 2, and 3. That's what Jeremiah speaks about, uh, what's going to happen in the future. So God renders all false gods powerless, uh, by destroying that nation that God used as an instrument. Uh, he proves that all the false God that's mentioned in verse 2, uh, they're not true, they're not real. There are false gods. There's only one God in this universe. Their sinfulness will not go unpunished before the Lord. That's why he strips of their great power by raising up a greater nation in the north. Uh, that's what we see in history as well. The great Persian Empire will rise to take away the power from Babylonia. And what's going to happen is that through Persia, uh, God's going to uh, bring the, uh, the, the captives, the exiles back to Jerusalem. Uh, through the, uh, the leadership of Persian Empire, uh, the exiles, the Judeans, come back one after another uh, in, in groups uh, back to Jerusalem in order to rebuild uh, the sanctuary and the uh, and the temple of God. And that's, that's the history that we know, and that's what is being hoped for through the prophecy of Jeremiah. And one of the interesting things I noticed here is that at that moment when God renders the great power powerless, uh, that's, these are the things that happen. It's verse 4 and 5 and verse 8. So let's take a look at it one by one. In verse 4, it says, In those days, at that time, declares the Lord, the people of Israel and the people of Judah together will go in tears to seek the Lord their God. Interesting thing is that the people of Israel and the people of Judah together will go in tears. Now, this is speaking of reconciliation before the Lord. Just as I mentioned in the beginning, the salvific work of the cross, what it does is that it brings men and women, slaves and masters, the free and the captive, they all bring back the Jews and the Gentiles in reconciliation together. Just as the Israelites and the Judeans were in hostility, suddenly through God's reconciliation, as God renders the great power powerless, they are brought together in tears. And what do they do together? They seek the Lord their God. 
the reconciliation reconciliation that happened between nations now happens between their Lord God. There is reconciliation with their God because they start to seek their Lord God. Second is that they will ask the way to Zion and turn their faces toward, toward it. Once they were lost in areas, they were wandering, they didn't know where to go. Now they are directing their attention toward Zion, the very place that God dwells, and their focus uh, to go there. Now, that is such a great healing in their spirituality because they were lost in direction. There were people, uh, there were flocks without a shepherd, but they now seek their way back to God, back to Zion, uh, the place of their spiritual home, uh, the very place that they should be to worship God. And God restores this in their heart. What did it happen? They will ask the way to Zion. Through the salvific work of cross, we now ask for the way and the truth of the life and that is Jesus in our life. And that is happening through our life as we also meditate in this Old Testament verse. Now, the third thing is that it says in verse 8, flee out of Babylon, leave the land of the Babylonians, and be like the goats that lead the flock. Yes, maybe you should flee because there is an impending punishment and a a big battle coming uh, from the north. But what's more important that we can meditate on this is that we have to flee from our captivators, the Babylonians, who oppress us, who puts us into bondage of sin in a symbolic way. What does God says? He says that we should flee out and be like the goats that lead the flock away from uh, this uh, 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 place. Now, in a symbolic sense, we could uh, understand as this. Once the exiles are given the opportunity to go back to Jerusalem, God raises leaders just like um, Nehemiah, Ezra, and all sorts of leaders that we see in the Old Testament. Uh, They have the hearts to bring their people back to Jerusalem to restore the nation. That's what God leads them to do. They have the heart to flee out of that area to go back to their nation. Uh, the pastoral message that is given to the exiles through Jeremiah, they're talking about that God will raise leadership so that they can flee out of Babylon. Uh, Babylon. So what does that speak to us in New Testament sense? He will raise us uh, to us a son from heaven, Christ Jesus, who would lead us out of our bondage to sin. He's the one who allows us to be our true shepherd that leads us to God. So when God renders the great power powerless, defeating the greatest enemy, and symbolized in, ba- in terms of uh, saying it's Babylon, what does happen? What happens to God's people? We see reconciliation. We see the hearts to return back to God. We see leaders raised in order to lead their people back to God. They flee out of their captivity. They flee out of the sinful life. They break themselves in order to look for a godly life in their leadership of God himself. And that is the effect that we see when God renders a great power powerless. And we see that happen and fulfilled in the cross of Jesus Christ as as he uh, fought the battle against death and he breaked himself free by being raised from the dead. He won the bondage of sin by he himself become a sacrifice on behalf of all of us. So what do we see in the end? We see our hearts turn to God. 
we see reconciliation. We see our hearts turn towards God, seeking for His leadership. I hope that this speaks to you, because this is a life that we should live as Christians before the Lord. Let us pray. Father, Lord, help us to look at the cross and see what you have done for us in order to free us from the bondage of sin. I thank you for your grace. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing your soul, let your world go and stepping in closer. See you.